Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Sid. I have Brother Joshua assisting me today. We have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters internationally. Today's lesson will be called the Luciferian Flood, brothers, brothers and sisters. The Luciferian Flood. As we progress closer to the second coming of Christ, the spiritual attacks of the adversary become greater, brothers and sisters. Satan is looking to use every instrument of evil in his arsenal. Satan will use a combination of his tactics to steal our peace, our joy, and even our beliefs, brothers and sisters. He's crafty, meticulous, patient, and persistent, brothers and sisters. Therefore, we will use today's lesson to expose the strategies of the adversary. Why do we have to expose them? Why do we have to expose him, brothers and sisters? Because our people think that warfare is just physical combat. When it's not, the physical combat is the last piece of warfare. But there's other things that come before the physical engagement, brothers and sisters. So we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 3 and we're going to read 3 through 7. The Luciferian flood. Isaiah 1 verse 3. The ox knoweth his owner. And the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not. My people doth not consider. Read that again, brother. Verse 3. The ox knoweth his owner. And the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not. Does not Does what? not know. My people does not consider. Examine this, brothers and sisters. Israel doth not know. <laughs> so ex examine this. We don't even consider... <laughs> What's transpiring against us, brothers and sisters, we're inconsiderate towards the Most High. The children of Israel neither knew nor considered what's transpiring against our people and making a correlation between that and the Most High God. Read that one more time, brother. Isaiah 1, verse 3. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib, but Israel does not know. My people does not consider. We don't even consider that everything that's transpiring against us, the Most High is allowing for a reason. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 4. A sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel on anger. They are gone away backward. Examine this, brothers and sisters. Our people are laden with iniquity. We've become sinful. Therefore, we've been attacked. Satan has been had full access to attack us, brothers and sisters. And we don't even consider <laughs> that all of this is going on because the Most High has an issue with us based upon our iniquity, based upon our sin. It's calling us a sinful nation, brothers and sisters. I need you to read verse 5, brother. Verse 5. Why should ye be stricken anymore? Read that again, brother. Why should ye be stricken anymore? He's saying, how long do you want to be stricken with this destruction? Ye will revolt, revolt more and more. Read that part again. Ye will revolt more and more. <laughs> Look at this, brothers and sisters. He's saying, listen, the more oppression he put on us, the further, <laughs> the worse we become. We don't even consider. We don't consider that the reason... We're, we're being attacked on a spiritual level by all these nations, by the, you know, the fallen one. It's because the Most High is angry with us. We go further and further and further and further. 
stiff-necked people. Read verse 5 again, brother. Verse 5. Why should ye be stricken any more? Ye will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick, and the whole heart faint. Examine this, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Why should we be whipped anymore? <laughs> you revolt more and more. Instead of coming back to the Father, you go worse. You, you, you go further away from the Father. <laughs> See? So this key message is about how our people are behaving on this earth against his law, brothers and sisters. Read verse 6, brother. Verse 6. From the sole of the foot, even out of the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and purifying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Examine this, brothers and sisters. We're getting worse and worse. <laughs> How are we operating in spite of our circumstances? Look at this, brothers and sisters. There's no healing. There's no righteousness. There's no truth. There's nothing but wounds and bruises. And we continue to be disobedient. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 7. Your country is desolate. Read that again. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence. Strangers devour your land in your presence. So examine this. Look at Jerusalem, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Look at Jerusalem. Look, you have other people destroying our land. You have... Uh, Pride Month over there in, in the Holy Land. You got Pride Parades over there in the Holy Land, brothers and sisters. He's saying, look at you. Look at yourself. Look at your land. <laughs> and you don't even consider that I'm allowing this. This is what the Most High is saying to us, brothers and sisters. Read verse 7 again, brother. Verse 7. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence. And it is desolate. As overthrown by strangers. Examine this, brothers and sisters. The Most High is asking, how long will we accept this beating? <laughs> he actually wants to stop whipping us, brothers and sisters. He said, your country is desolate. You have no home. We have no home, brothers and sisters. We're not even examining this. We have no home. Somebody else is <laughs> residing in our land, brothers and sisters. So he's saying, in the face of all this, look at how we're operating in spite of our circumstances, we act as if we're not homeless, brothers and sisters. We act as if we're not homeless. Matter of fact, under these people, it says, listen, it says, read seven one more time, brother. Verse Isaiah 1, verse 7. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devoured in your presence. And it is desolate. That's overthrown by strangers. Examine that. We have to have a passport to go into our own land, brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters. I have to ask the strangers who took it, can I see the land of my fathers? <laughs> you don't see anything wrong with that, brothers and sisters? That's our land, and yet I have to ask permission to go see my own land. See? So we need you to examine this, brothers and sisters. The flood, the Luciferian flood, Brothers and sisters, and why is the Most High allowing this? Why are we being utterly destroyed and wasted? Because we don't even consider the Most High. Where is He standing in this, in all of this, brothers and sisters? All of the things that are against us, due to our what? Our disobedience, our iniquity. We don't even consider. We're going to go to Revelations chapter 12, verse 9. Follow us, brothers and sisters. To Revelations chapter 12, we're going to start at verse 9. Revelations 12, verse 9. The Luciferian flood. 
and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. We know that the, the, the serpent, that dragon, that great dragon was cast out of the heavenly realm. It, look, look at what it says. It says, deceiveth the whole world. Lucifer has looked to deceive the entire world. He would use the Gentiles to destroy us, brothers and sisters. He would use the Gentiles and not just the white man. Read verse 15, brother. Revelations 12, verse 15. And the serpent cast out of his mouth waters as a flood after the woman. Read that again, brother. Verse 15. And the serpent cast out his, his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Brothers and sisters, this flood is typical of every form of destruction they intend to inflict on us. It plainly symbolizes the bitter persecutions to which Israel is subjected. When it says, it says, read that one more time, brother. Verse 15, And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Right, it says the woman... To be carried away. Who, what woman is he speaking of? Let's go to verse 1. To show you who is this flood aimed towards. Verse 1. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. A woman clothed with the, clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. And upon her head a crown of twelve stars. A crown of twelve stars. This woman represents the twelve tribes of Israel. Brothers and sisters. See? So there's a flood. That's cast after the woman or the 12 stars or the 12 tribes, the children of Israel. And this flood is representative of overwhelming misfortune. Every form of destructive and bitter persecutions, all manner of delusions, brothers and sisters. Read verse 15 again, brother. Verse 15. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Right, see? So we're going we're gonna to go into detail this flood, brothers and sisters. Why is he casting it out against Israel? <laughs> so he knows that our people are what? Looking to come back to the Father, at least a remnant of our people, brothers and sisters. There's a remnant of our people who have what now? Their identity. Started following the Sabbath. Started eating, excuse me, stopped eating unclean foods. So... We already read in what? We read in Isaiah that our people allowed this beating, continue to allow this beating. But now in two days, the Bible tells you he would wake our people up. And some of us, not even majority, not even half, but a good percent of us would start to come back to the Father. And because of that, Lucifer has cast out a flood out of his mouth, aimed towards us, brothers and sisters. So this is his diabolical and merciless attempt to sweep... Sweep her away. When we say her, we're speaking of the woman, brothers and sisters. We're speaking of the woman. And this goes back all the way to the Torah, brothers and sisters. All throughout the Bible, he's cast a flood. This isn't just now, brothers and sisters. It, in order to control the earth, he must control these people. He must control the children of Israel. He must destroy these people in order to do what? In order to saturate the earth with iniquity and sin brothers and sisters these are the people of the light these are the bearers of light these are the custodians of the Torah and Tanakh so this flood would be aimed mercilessly 
towards these people in specifically brothers and sisters. And it has ramped up. Why? Because now we're looking to do what's right. Now we're looking to do what's right. And you're going to see the history of this flood, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Revelations 12, verse 14. And to the woman were given two wings. Verse 15. Revelations 12, verse 15. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Right. So let's stick there, brothers and sisters. We're talking about the flood. The flood has now been ramped up because why? Our people are starting to gain their understanding again about who they are, who their God is, and start to now put down the iniquity and sin and come into righteousness. Now, there's a great deal of our people who have, you know, who, who, who never will come back to righteousness. But some of us actually took Isaiah, looked at that and said, OK, well, hold on. This is saying the destruction is based on our iniquity. See, so there's a great, a, a, a great deal of our people who've looked at Isaiah chapter one and said, OK, so hold on. If I change, then what? If I change, then I can I can obtain a better result. We've we've done that. And now the flood. Now the flood, brothers and sisters, we're going to go to Revelation 17 and 15. We're going to stick in Revelations here. Revelation 17, verse 15. And he has said unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth, are peoples, and multitudes, and nations, and tongues. Examine us the flood, the waters, brothers and sisters, are not just a physical people, but all the instruments of evil that have been crafted by the hands of the heathen, brothers and sisters. See? So that flood would be not just a flood of people, but all the ideologies, the philosophy, the religion, the vaccines, the weapons, the evolution, the world government that would come through these people, brothers and sisters. Satan would use these people as a flood to swallow up the woman. Read verse 15 again, brother. Revelation 17, verse 15. And he said unto me, the waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. See, and it's not just the physical people, but it's what the heathen hands have crafted, brothers and sisters. The vaccines were not, you know, black people, you know, Hispanics didn't come up with that. All these different religions, Hispanics and blacks didn't come up with this. Nuclear weapons, we didn't come up with this. Evolution doctrine, we didn't come up with this, brothers and sisters. Going to these wars, these are not black people wars. These are not Hispanic wars, brothers and sisters. See, that flood is coming through the hands of the heathen that are being controlled by the fallen one, brothers and sisters. See, so now we must do what? We must educate our people on the tactics of Satan. What are some of the, the strategies that come with his flood? Because why? We read in Isaiah that our people have done what? We have been made the low of the earth based on our iniquity. And now that a lot of our people are waking up and realizing that they're coming back to the truth. Which would lead Satan to look to destroy us again, brothers and sisters. See, 
The flood is not aimed towards the people who are already doing the dirt, who are doing the sin. They're already going to be destroyed. They're already going to burn in the hellfire. These things are sent towards the righteous. These are aimed towards the righteous, brothers and sisters. So we're going to go through some history to show you the strategies of Satan that would be with this flood. We're going to go to Psalm 69 and 1. We're going to the Tanakh, brothers and sisters. The serpent would cast out a flood. Psalm 69, verse 1. To the chief musician upon... Just read. You don't have to read what's in parentheses. For, uh, Psalm 69, verse 1. Save me, O God, for the waters are come into my under my soul. Read that again, brother. Verse 1. Save me, O God, for the waters are come... In honor my soul. Examine this, brothers and sisters. The waters. We've already read that the waters are who? It's the heathen, brothers and sisters, and all of their all of their tactics that Satan have given them. We're gonna go through some of their tactics. This was a prayer for deliverance from the dangers and entanglements of the evil one, brothers and sisters. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse two I sink in deep mire. Where there is no standing, I am come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. Examine this, brothers and sisters. Examine this. The waters are also a figure of calamities that come on like a flood and drag one into their vortex, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 2. I sink in my in deep mire where there is no standing. I am come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. Jump to verse 14, brother. Verse 14, deliver me out of the mire. Do what? Deliver me out of the mire. Deliver me out of my troubles and calamities. And let me not sink. Read that again. Deliver me out of the mire and let me not sink. Let me not be overwhelmed by my enemies. Let me be delivered from them that hate me. All of my enemies. Let me be saved from their machinations and their devices. And out of the deep waters. Let not the the water flood overflow me. Read that part again. Let not the water flood overflow me. Let not these heathens destroy me. Let not the strategies, the tactics and schemes utilized by the fallen one take me over. Neither let the deep swallow me up. And let not the pit shut her mouth upon me. See, we're talking about that flood, brothers and sisters. Whatever deep waters of affliction or temptation we sink into... Whatever floods of trouble or ungodly men seem ready to overwhelm us, let us persevere in prayer to our Lord, brothers and sisters, to save us. See? So the tokens of God's favor, (laughs) excuse me, the token of God's favor to us are enough to keep our spirits from sinking in the deepest outward troubles, brothers and sisters. This was a prayer. David was saying, let me not be overwhelmed. Let me not be overtaken. Why? Why? Because Lucifer have cast out a flood, brothers and sisters, that he are using the heathen nations to carry out. He's using them to carry it out, brothers and sisters. Why? Because they're following other gods. They're not following the Most High God. They're the enemies of the Most High God. Unless they get baptized and come to Christ. But if they stay, you know, in their own culture, following their own gods... Then they're an enemy of God. They're an enemy of Israel. And Satan will use them to look to destroy us or to drown us in those deep waters. 
brothers and sisters. Now, we have to go to this Gentile state of mind because this is speaking here of that flood that would be Satan would use Gentiles or heathens to drown us in. You got philosophies, brothers and sisters. You have vaccinations, these medications, the drugs. Did we come up with these drugs, brothers and sisters? Did we come up with uh, heroin? Did we come up with crack? Did we come up with, you know, uh, you know, let's sell marijuana at the gas station? Did, who was, did we come up with this stuff, brothers and sisters? Did we come up with evolution? Did we? See, these are the tactics of Satan to look to over, overthrow us, brothers and sisters. We're going to go into the Gentiles' state of mind because David was praying for deliverance from this flood. We're going to go to Psalms 83. We're going to stick in the same, same book, brothers and sisters, but we have to give the mindset of the people that are called this flood. Psalms 83, verse 1. Keep not thou silence, O God. Hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. For lo, thine enemies make a tumult. An uprising, a tumult is an uprising, brothers and sisters. And they that hate thee have lifted up the head. So you have some people who hate the Most High, and therefore hate us, brothers and sisters. This is getting ready to go into uh, a crafty council of the nations who are united. Against Israel. Read verse 2 again, brother. Verse 2. For lo, thy enemies make a tumult, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people, and consulted against thy, thy hidden ones. Why is it calling us hidden ones? Because the world don't know who we are. Read, read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people. Crafty counsel. See, brothers and sisters, this is why we have to speak about the flood. Because it's crafty counsel. It's not outright. It's not just physical engagement. It's not physical war. It's not physical combat. It's crafty, brothers and sisters. Which means it's secret. It's methodical, brothers and sisters. And consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, come and let us cut and let us cut them off from being a nation. Let us do what? And let them, and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. Let us cut them off from being a nation. See, so you would have somebody who's looking to cut off our identity, brothers and sisters, <laughs> with their what? With their religious and educational systems spearheading this conspiracy. See, brothers and sisters. There are people who hate Israel who are now in position to exercise that hatred, brothers and sisters. Let us cut Israel off that their name be no more in remembrance, brothers and sisters. Read 3 and 4 again, brother. Verse 3. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, Come, and let us cut them off from being a nation. That the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. That the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. So they don't... Listen, brothers and sisters. They have, they, they have the understanding of our identity. They're talking about cutting it off from us, brothers and sisters. See? Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 5. For they have consulted together with one consent. They have done what? They have consulted together with one consent. They have done what? They have consulted together with one consent. 
They are confederate against you. They are confederate against us, brothers and sisters. So this desire of a confederation of nations to destroy Israel did not end in biblical times, brothers and sisters. That's the one thing you must know. See, our people are very trusting and have no understanding of history. Therefore, are easy prey, brothers and sisters. We're easy prey. That's why we have to go back into the history and show you the flood, brothers and sisters. See? So they had a plan to take our identity from us, brothers and sisters. And the way they would do that is through their educational systems. They would do that through education and through religion. So, matter of fact, they'll give out scholarships just to keep, you know, just for you to stay asleep. <laughs> they want you in those universities learning their history, brothers and sisters. Become part of the Greek fraternity, right? See? Because that's where... That's where they spearheaded. This is how they continue to take away our remembrance, brothers and sisters. To, to make you believe your history started with what? Slave ships and, um, you know, the, the natives having the land taken and uh, Hispanics fighting against the American coalition. See, this is where they want you, you to believe your history starts. War with them. Read, read 5 and 6, brother. Psalms 83, verse 5. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. The tabernacles of Edom. The, now, it's, now it's identifying who would spearhead this conspiracy. First, you would have Edom, who are the Edomites, or the pure-blood Caucasians, the dukes, the royal families. And the Ishmaelites. You have the Arabs there, brothers and sisters. Of Moab. And who is that? This is speaking of the Palestinians, brothers and sisters. So here you have Edom, who's what? Esau was Jacob's big brother who lost the birthright and the blessing. And the Ishmaelites of Moab. Ishmael was who? That was Isaac's older brother, son of Abraham, brothers and sisters. So in particular, these two people are spearheading this conspiracy to destroy us. So I need you to examine this, brothers and sisters. I need you to examine this because why? What are the two religions we're caught up in? Christianity and Islam. Ishmaelites, Edomites, brothers and sisters. I need you to examine this. I need you to examine this, brothers and sisters. And then you have the Hagarines, who are who? Another family of Moab. Another uh, Middle Eastern family, brothers and sisters. R read, read that one more time, brother. Read verse 3 again, brother. Psalms 83, verse 3. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people. And consulted against thy hidden ones. Now we needed to magnify this point, brothers and sisters, because it's crafty counsel. It's crafty, okay? It's not going to be physical at first, brothers and sisters. See, our people, we're so gifted physically that we look at everything from a physical aspect, brothers and sisters. And when you're dealing with these nations, they know they can't beat us physically, Especially if we're, we have the understanding that it's a physical war. So their warfare would not be physical 
at first, brothers and sisters. And we need you to know that. That's why we're going into this lesson to show you that flood that Satan would spew out of his mouth to sweep away the woman. Read that next scripture, brother, because this would be the beginning of that flood. Verse 4. They have said, Come, and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in, rem in remembrance. Take away their heritage. Take away their identity. That would be the beginning, brothers and sisters. See? That would... It would be contingent on this. Everything else, brothers and sisters, would be contingent on taking our identity. Let's listen. Let's 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 give the identity to some white people. Let's tell them that they're Costa Ricans and they're you know they're Cubans. Tell them that they're you know they're black. Yeah, you're just black. <laughs> okay, you're just an Indian. See, brothers and sisters, because why the strength. Was within our heritage because why? If you knew that your forefathers was David, your forefathers was Micah and Amos and Ezekiel and Isaiah, <laughs> Jeremiah, then you would go and look at what transpired during ancient times. See, Satan don't need to change the plan if the plan still works, brothers and sisters. That's why all of the destruction. In today's time, is being successful mostly because it's contingent on us not knowing we're Israel. <laughs> See, if we knew we was Israel, we knew we was a nation. That means we knew a nation need an army. <laughs> why? To protect themselves. That's why they have us thinking we're twenty-five different people. See, if you're a nation, a nation must protect themselves. See, and they know this. So this is why they took away our identity, brothers and sisters. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 5. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against They've you. consulted together with one consent. This is a conspiracy. See? <laughs> See? And when you use that word, brothers and sisters, people look at you like you're crazy. Conspiracy is not a bad word. It means one, more than one party, two or more parties have conspired against you with one idea. This is what's going on here, brothers and sisters. This is not, it's not just the white man, <laughs> brothers and sisters. It's not just the white man. You're doing yourself a disservice by thinking it's just what the white man. Now, the white man is, you know, spearheading this because he's in control. But there's some other families. Read verse 6, brother. Verse 6, the tabernacles of Edom. Edom are the Edomites, the white men. And the Ishmaelites. You know you have the Arabs. Of Moab. Moab is the Palestinians, brothers and sisters. And the Hagarines. When you see Hagarines, brothers and sisters, you'll always see them in correlation with Ishmaelites. Why? Because they're the Arab family. They're the Arabs that subdued <laughs> the area of the Mesopotamia. That's who they are. So these specifically would spearhead. Now I need you to examine something, brothers and sisters. You have Edom, who's quote unquote the white man, who's establishing all these terror laws, terrorism, right? <laughs> TSA. And then you have the Ishmaelites who are the Arabs playing that same role. See, they're working together, brothers and sisters. They're actually working together to change legislation that'll be aimed towards you. See? 
You think it's actually the Arabs and the Palestinians. You think these people are actually against Esau. Yeah, they may be now, but in the beginning, they were both against you. They were working together with these fake bombings. See, that whole 9-11 deal was fake, brothers and sisters. There was no Arabs that got on a plane and ran it into some buildings. They needed to change legislation that would soon be aimed towards the children of Israel, the natives, the Negroes, and Hispanics. That's really what it was about, brothers and sisters. They've been working together this whole time. Edom is over what? The Roman Catholic Church. Ishmael is over what? <laughs> Islam. The two religions that our people are split amongst. Most. They're working together to destroy us, brothers and sisters. The Bible's telling you this. There's no way that you could know that these people are conspiring against us unless you read the scriptures. See? And you would only go here if you knew you were Israel. This is why they had to take away your remembrance. This is why they had to take away your understanding, your heritage. Because if you knew you were Israel, then you would go look and see, well, who were my enemies in ancient times? <laughs> and you'll find out they're your enemies today, brothers and sisters. They are your enemies today. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians 2 and 11. Brothers and sisters, please follow us. Let's go to the New Testament. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11. At least Satan should get an advantage for us. Read that again. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11. At least Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Examine that, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Examine that. Lest Satan should get an advantage over us, for we are not ignorant of his devices, which shows you he'll gain advantage over us if what? If we're ignorant of his strategies. That's why we have to go into history, brothers and sisters. That's, that's what this whole lesson is about. The flood of the evil one, of the fallen one, of Lucifer, brothers and sisters. This study is important. Why? Because we dare not be ignorant of Satan's strategies, brothers and sisters. Our approach must be one of soberness. For the issues at hand are life and death, brothers and sisters. Heaven and hell. Read that one more time, brother. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11. Least Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So you have to know one thing, brothers and sisters. Satan is a serpent. And as such, he is not only deadly, but often is also well camouflaged so we don't see him, brothers and sisters. See? One of the reasons many believers become immobilized and ineffective in their calling is because they're unaware of the enemy's tactics, brothers and sisters. So we're going to go into detail on some of his tactics from the past, brothers and sisters. Be not ignorant of his devices, lest he get an advantage over us, brothers and sisters. So we're going to go back into history and show you some of his tactics. We're going back to Egypt, brothers and sisters. We're going to go back to Egypt. We're going to Exodus chapter 1, verse 8. During the time where we were in Egypt. Brothers and sisters, we were in Egypt. Exodus 1, verse 8. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. Now who's Joseph? Joseph is the father of the Ephraimites, right? So when you see Joseph, brothers and sisters, a lot of times in scripture, it's referring 
to the Ephraimites or the Blaiquatainos or the Puerto Ricans. It'll say the tribe of Joseph. This is right here is speaking of Joseph, the father of the Ephraimites. It's right here is not referring to the Ephraimites, but you'll see that later on in scripture and you'll need to understand it, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, Joshua? Verse 8. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more, more and mightier than we. So examine this, brothers and sisters. Come on, let us deal wisely with them. Let us what? Deal wisely with them. See, here they go again. Let us deal wisely with them. See, brothers and sisters, so all of these nations that are actually against us will never say it out of their mouth. <laughs> because why? They know. Read verse 9 again. This is why. Verse 9. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. See, this is why they would deal wisely with us, brothers and sisters. This is why they would take crafty counsel against us. Because they know that according to biblical text, the children of Israel are the mightiest, the strongest nation there is. Stronger than any other nation, brothers and sisters. The 12 tribes are stronger than any other nation. And if we came together, <laughs> they wouldn't be able to stop us. So they're going to deal with crafty counsel. They're going to deal wisely with us, brothers and sisters. Read verse 10 again, brother. Verse 10. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when there falleth out of any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us. And so get, up, so get them up out of the land. So examine this. Pharaoh wanted to curtail the growing Israelite population, brothers and sisters, in Egypt. Why? Because we were a threat to his rule and reign. He feared the numerical strength of the Israelites and sought to diminish us, brothers and sisters. He feared that we would become allies with the enemy against their rule and therefore would overcome them and leave Egypt, brothers and sisters. See? So examine this, brothers and sisters. Crafty counsel. Deal wisely. Read, brother. Verse 11. Therefore... They did set over the taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. See? So they started to, the taskmasters, they would start to have us do more work. <laughs> they would look to put more work on us so we couldn't multiply. They're thinking, you know what, give them more work. When they get home, they'll be tired. Read that again, brother. Verse 11. Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasures, cities, Pithom, and Ramesses. Ramesses. So examine this. They said, you know what? Put a lot of work on them. You know, make the, make the work hard. Make it burdensome. Make it grievous. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. <laughs> Read that again, brother. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. The more work they put on us, the more children we had, brothers and sisters. <laughs> so, so examine this, brothers and sisters. They're like, hold on, give them more work. These brothers were still going home and, you know. <laughs> we're mo Listen, brothers and sisters. The children of Israel are fruitful people. Between the Hispanics and black people, 
very fruitful, and they know this. We outnumber them. Read that again, brother. Verse 12. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. See? So they, they said, you know what? Make the, the work rigorous on them. I'm going to make them as uncomfortable as possible. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage. They did what? And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage. See, so the Egyptian response to the continued phenomenal numerical growth of the Israelites was to what? <laughs> was to increase the workload. <laughs> See, increase the workload and intensify the harassment and cruelty <laughs> imposed on us by the taskmasters. <laughs> Look at this, brothers and sisters. They'll never just <laughs> they'll never just come outright and say, you know. Well, I don't like you. <laughs> this is this is what they do. This is what they do, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother. Verse 14. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage, in mortar, and in brick, and in all manner of service in the field, all their service, wherein they made themselves them made them serve, was with rigor. With rigor. <laughs> Continue, brother. Verse 15. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives. Who are the midwives? Midwives is who delivered the children. You didn't go to a doctor or, or, or a hospital, brothers and sisters. You would have a midwife who would, um, you know, stand beneath the woman. And the woman would stand when she was having a child and the baby would fall into her arms. You, we would let gravity take place. Too many things can happen when you got a, a, a doctor with his hands up in there, you know, and a woman on her back. There's more pain. You're, you're in labor longer when you do that. So during this time, you would stand and let gravity take place, and you would have a midwife who would catch the child. Read verse 15 again, brother. Verse 15. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of one was Shephara. 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 And the name of the other was Pua. Right, so examine this. The Hebrew midwives. These midwives were not Hebrews. They were the midwives of the Hebrews. These were Egyptians, brothers and sisters. But I wanted to be clear because some people will think these were Hebrew midwives. Their nation was Hebrew. No. These were the Egyptians who were the midwives to the Hebrew women. Read verse 16, brother. Verse 16. And he said... When you do, when ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him; but if it be a daughter, then she shall live. So examine this, brothers and sisters. See, let them. They're going to deal wisely with us. Crafty counsel. They said, listen, if you when when these children come out, if it's a boy, then you should snap his neck. If it's a daughter, let him live. So they've always aimed their venom and vitriol towards the males, towards the men. And, why, and they let the women be. Why? Because if a, if a Egyptian man have a child with an Israelite woman, that child is an Egyptian and they know it. See? And this is why this has always happened. And people wonder why there's more women than men. Because they have plans, purpose plans to destroy Hebrew boys. Read that again, brother. Verse 16. And he said, When you do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, 
and see them upon the stools. If it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. So examine this. Pharaoh's demands are egregious, brothers and sisters. This is an abominable act of violence against the innocent. So don't tell me that what they're doing now with the children, shooting them up with all these vaccines and prenatals and all this stuff. You, th you think that they're doing this because they, they want to help? This was Egypt. And, the, and listen, things don't change, brothers and sisters. Look on the back of your money. Is there any Egyptian symbols on the back of your money? Let us know. <laughs> Why do you think they're honoring Egypt, brothers and sisters? Because they know we served in Egypt and they had the same purpose plan to destroy us off, brothers and sisters. We're showing you the flood. We're showing you the tactics of the fallen one, brothers and sisters. See? Read verse 17, brother. Verse 17. But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. See? So it didn't go, th it didn't go through. The Most High put fear on these, you know, on these women to where they did not take heed to the command of the king. But nevertheless, we're showing you what we're showing you that purpose plan, that flood that Satan, Lucifer would spew out of his mouth to destroy these people. See, y'all think that, you know, other nations, Gentiles just think that we're crazy. We're always angry, you know. <laughs> We always got a conspiracy theory. Listen, the Bible back up that conspiracy theory. See, and this was the importance of you knowing your Israel. Because if you don't know your Israel, you don't think that this has anything to do with you. <laughs> when it has everything to do with you. See, these are the tactics of Satan. These are the schemes. You must be endowed with the wisdom of his schemes. Why? Or he'll gain advantage over you, like the Corinthians just told us, brothers and sisters. See, I want our young women to think about these stories as they progress, as you're having children, as you start trusting everything the doctors say. Because guess what? This was government. Egypt, the king, the king was like the president, brothers and sisters. This was a governmental plan to kill newborns. So don't tell me they wouldn't do it. See? See? Let's go to Psalms 105 and 24. We're going to Psalms, Joshua. Psalms 105, verse 24. And he increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. Read that again, brother. Verse 24. And he increased his people greatly. And made them stronger than their enemies. See, they know this, brothers and sisters. That's why they're trying to weaken us biologically. <laughs> See? And he made his people exceedingly fruitful. He increased his people greatly. And made them mightier than their adversaries. See, brothers and sisters? And see, that's, that's what we usually hear from our people. Why would they lie to us? Why would they... What benefit is it them to, to vaccinate our children and try to send us to war? <laughs> you don't know history. You don't know your heritage. You don't know your identity. Read it again, brother. Verse 24. And he increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. See? Made us stronger than our enemies in our bodies, being more healthy, strong, and robust. See? 
And that being seen and absorbed, excuse me, observed is being owned by our enemies, brothers and sisters. This is why all the other nations, all the captivities look to use us as servants and slaves. And this is why what? This is why it must be crafty counsel. See, this is why it must be in the dark. This is why they must deal wisely with our people. Because if these same people who are strong and mighty, and there's a lot of them come together knowing that we're trying to destroy them, they'll tear this whole thing down. See, and they know this. They know this, brothers and sisters. They view you as a threat, especially the men. That's why they're trying to turn our boys into homosexuals. Because why? When the jackboots come, they're going to need men who are not men. They need the man to not be there. This is why they've set it up in this fashion. Read that again, brother. Psalms 105, verse 24. And he increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. See, so we needed to magnify that. This is why they're looking to destroy us, brothers and sisters. This is why. Let's go to Genesis 22 and 15 because there's a, there's a purpose plan of a promise that the Most High God made to Abraham concerning our people, which would lead and breed to envy and people looking to destroy us. Genesis 22 verse 15. This is a promise to Abraham. And the angel of the Lord called on Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, said the Lord. He said, he said what? By myself have I sworn. Examine that. Because he could swear by no greater, he swore on himself. Said the Lord. For because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son. Because you, because you were... Righteous, And if I asked you to sacrifice your son, you would have done it because you were obedient. You had faith that in blessing, I will bless thee and in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand, which is upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies and what and the and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. <laughs> See, examine that. That's, that's the problem right there. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Our people would rule over the Gentiles. See, there are high declarations of God's favor to Abraham in this confirmation of the covenant with him, brothers and sisters. When it says thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, this is talking about having power and dominion. Rulership over Gentiles, brothers and sisters. See, he would make us a great nation. Read that again, brother, from the top. Uh, Genesis 22, verse 15. And the angel of the Lord called on Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I, have I sworn, said the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee. And in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And what? And, the, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. See, that's the key right there, brothers and sisters. That's the key. 
they know that we are promised to rule based on the obedience of our father, Abraham. See, they know this. This is what they're looking to prevent. God made us to rule. And that's the only thing that's going to satisfy us is rulership because we are people made for dominion. <laughs> they know this. They know this, brothers and sisters. See, we are a, we are to be a great nation and great nations wield authority and control over all monetary industries. We would control it all. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 18. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Read that part again. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. It is in Christ that all nations of the earth are to be blessed, brothers and sisters. Abraham, when you look at Matthew, the uh, first chapter, it goes, it gives you the lineage of Abraham to David to Christ. Christ is a, is a son of Abraham, brothers and sisters, just like we are. It's showing you that what? And thy seed, all nations of the earth will be blessed through Christ. Because why? Through Christ, people can make it into heaven, all nations. Read verse 18, brother. Verse 18. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. See, now that's the key. Knowing this promise here, brothers and sisters, Satan has looked to circumvent this promise every step of the way. Every step of the way, brothers and sisters. Why? Because Israel is promised to rule over all other nations. And those nations do what? They serve Satan. So Lucifer understands, Satan understands that if we rule, there'll be no more satanic worship. There'll be no more freedom of religion. <laughs> he knows this. He knows that Christ was prophesied to break the bondage of Satan that Satan have on the minds of the people. See? So he would look to circumvent that. We're showing you the flood. Why? Because they, they've dealt wisely. They've dealt with crafty counsel. Brothers and sisters, we're going to go to Matthew 2. Because read 18 again. One more time, brother. Genesis 22, verse 18. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Right. So we need to show you, it says, in thy seed, all nations of the earth shall be blessed. Now, I need you to examine something. In thy seed, <laughs> that's singular. <laughs> See? In thy seed, not seeds. We need to point that out because you'll have people out there, Gentiles, predominantly Christians, predominantly saying, well, you know, this is all people. He said he would make, give Abraham many nations. This is talking about a specific seed that the promise goes to. They had this song. I know you, if you, you know, if you're older, you probably remember it. <laughs> Abraham had many sons. Many sons had father Abraham. If you ever heard that song, go look at the <laughs> lyrics of that song, brothers and sisters. Where it talks about why can't we all just get along? Why? <laughs> it's not a promise if we go to everybody, brothers and sisters. In thy seed. That's singular. That's the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. We are promised, based on the obedience of our forefather Abraham, to rule over our enemies. This is why they look to take away your heritage. <laughs> See? Now, now it's coming together. The flood, the Luciferian flood, brothers and sisters. Now we're going to show you another, uh, 
another tactic that Satan used to circumvent this promise. We've already shown that what he looked to Pharaoh looked to kill the male children of the Israelites. Now, let's see. Was that the last time there was a planned genocide against our people? Hmm? Let's go to Matthew, brother. We're going to Matthew chapter two, because in thy seed, all people will be blessed. That's through Christ. So, of course, Satan would have a plan to destroy Christ. I need you to examine this, brothers and sisters. Matthew 2, verse 1. Now, when Christ was born in Bethlehem of Judah, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? See, Satan knew that Christ came to be our king. He knew that Christ came to take rulership. He knew that our people would be, that the bondage would be broken. The war between the Most High God and our people for that disobedience that you read of in Isaiah 1. Christ would come to bind that broken relationship, brothers and sisters. See, through Christ's birth, that war would get ramped up. Read that again, brother. Verse 2. Mat Matthew 2, verse 2. Saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Examine this, brothers and sisters. When Herod heard this, he was troubled. <laughs> Why? Because Christ was our true king. See, Herod did not want to see another contender to the throne arise. Who is who? The promised Messiah. So he took radical steps to ensure that this would not occur. <laughs> see, we're going to show you some early examples of eugenics and population control, brothers and sisters. We're going to look back in horror at their genocidal plans. But you'll find out that things aren't that different today. Read verse 7, brother. Verse 7. Then Herod, when he had privilege, called the wise men. No, no, read that again, brother. Matthew 2, verse 7. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men. Here they go in private again. Inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again. Why? That I may come and worship him also. That what? That I may come and worship him also. Here they go again. <laughs> Dealing wisely, crafty counsel. They never have told us that they were at war with us, brothers and sisters. See? And this is what we need our people to understand. See, you must look at the actions and not the words, brothers and sisters, because they know that their words must be that of butter and smooth of oil. They know that. Because why? If, if they put us on the defense, then what would happen? We would take them down. So they must have you believe that hey, we love you, man. We, we're looking out for you. You know, take this vaccine. We're giving you freedom of religion, you know, because we want you to be able to do what you want to do. Is that what it is? Is that why? 
I need you to read that scripture again, brother. Verse 8. Matthew 2, verse 8. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And, lo, the star, which they saw in the east, went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. Jump to verse 16, brother, because remember, he said he wanted to worship Christ. That's where he wanted to know where, where that's why he wanted to know where it was at. Let's find out. Verse 16, then Harad, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceedingly wroth, and sent forth, and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and in all the coasts thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. See, see, brothers and sisters, <laughs> and there's still plenty of folks pushing radical population control and eugenics policies, brothers and sisters. I need you to examine this. I need you to look at this, brothers and sisters, because what? This was King Harab, which meant this was government, brothers and sisters. Government has never been trustworthy. They've never had our best interests at heart, especially for people of color. And when I say people of color, I'm talking about natives, Negroes, and Hispanics. You think that they're doing anything to benefit you? That doesn't make sense. They're... What this is here is population control, brothers and sisters. So they would use biological warfare now. Now they're using biological warfare. Why? Because we already read in Psalms that he made us mightier than them and multiplied our seed. <laughs> See, brothers and sisters, this is why they had to take away your identity. So they would have biological warfare. They would look to attack your body now. Not physically with Fisticuffs, not with fisticuffs, brothers and sisters, they're dealing wisely. So they would use what? They would use the medication to chemically attack the child. They would use prenatal vitamins, brothers and sisters. They would use sonograms. <laughs> See, they're crafty, knowing that a sonogram actually do brain damage to a child. See? And they're giving what? They're giving these new mothers what? Prenatal vitamins. Brothers and sisters, did you know that those prenatal vitamins have a small dosage of the um, what they give when you're dealing with cancer? It's a small dose of what they give for people that have cancer, brothers and sisters. They're looking to destroy you. They're looking to destroy your baby. Why? Because they know our people have been raised to rule over them. So they said, listen, let's attack them while they're in the womb. We found a way to attack them while they're in the womb. I need you to examine this, brothers and sisters. We're going to feed our children the same food <laughs> that the earth has been feeding us forever. I don't need your prenatal vitamins. I don't need that. What's wrong <laughs> with the vegetables and vitamins from the earth? What's wrong with that? See? We need our people to understand that they're under attack. Because why? If you don't know you're under attack, you have no reason to protect yourself. This is why, we, this is why we're bringing forth this information to equip our people with the historical context of our fights. The fight we've been fighting since the time of Egypt, brothers and sisters, that flood. And it's perpetuated through government. 
Pharaoh was government. Harad the king or Harad the quote-unquote great was government, brothers and sisters. Nothing that government is, is advertising to me do I want. Because history shows me they're against me. See? So we need to show you, brothers and sisters. They've always dealt with population control. That's one of his plans. That's one of the plans of Satan. That he cast out as a flood. Population control and eugenics, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Ecclesiasticus chapter 1 in the Apocrypha. Follow us here, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiasticus 1 verse 2. Who can number the sand of the sea and the drops of rain and the, the days of eternity? <laughs> Remember, he already said we're like the sand of the sea. <laughs> so I need you to examine this, brothers and sisters. Who can number the sand of the sea? I need somebody to go to the Go to the beach and count grains of sand. <laughs> Let me know when you're finished. That's how many of us there is, brothers and sisters. See? That's how many of us that there is. Now, with that being said, knowing that there's so many of us, and see, that's the importance of them telling one of us that we're, we're African Americans, you're actually Haitian, you're actually a Native American Indian, you're actually Puerto Rican, you're actually Cuban, no, we're all the same people. We're all the same people. That makes us innumerable, innumerable, brothers and sisters. I need you to read that again, brother. Ecclesiasticus 1, verse 2. Who can number the sand of the sea and the drops of rain and the days of eternity? There's a certain defense that comes in the unknown, brothers and sisters. See? So knowing that there's a strength in our numbers, Satan would look to do what? He would look to circumvent that. He would look to attack the source of our strength or one of the sources of our strength, which was the numbers. What you're going to find out is that census is of the devil, brothers and sisters. Census, numbering ourselves was against the Most High God. See, this was another part of their warfare to get us to number ourselves. Why? Read two again, brother. Verse two, who can number the sand of the sea? And the drops of rain and the days of eternity. See? So knowing that it told Abraham I would multiply thy seed like the stars of heaven. And they would be mightier. Right? They would be mightier than every other nation. They needed a census to know how many of us they have to destroy, brothers and sisters. We're showing you their crafty counsel. Because none of the things that we've, you know, gone into up until this point was them come out right telling us, listen, we're going to war with you. Everything they've done is under the cloud of darkness. We're going to go to First Chronicles in the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. We're going to First Chronicles. We're going to go to chapter 21. We're going to read verse 1 through 8. First, First Chronicles 21 verse 1. And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. To do what? To number Israel. See, brothers and sisters, look at, see, this is the flood. This is Lucifer trying to provoke David to number Israel, knowing that the Most High never wanted us to number ourselves, brothers and sisters. See, so Satan as an enemy suggested this census as an occasion, excuse me, as an occasion to incite sin and gather 
critical reconnaissance. See? Why? Because if you know how many people think about it, you're going to rob a house. You probably want to know how many people is in the house, right? <laughs> Before you go in there. So you know how much, uh, you know, what you need to bring in there to do. Read it again. Read it again, brother. First Chronicles 21, verse 1. And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. Why? Because the strength of an army is measured by the manpower. And David said to Joab and to the rulers of the people, Go, number Israel from Bathsheba even to Dan, and bring the number of them to me, that I may know it. Now I need you to examine this, brothers and sisters. Near the end of his reign, King David commissioned his military leaders to conduct a census of the tribes of Israel. Read. First Chronicles 21, verse 3. And Joab answered, the Lord, Joab, and Joab answered, the Lord make his people an hundred times so many more as they be. But my Lord, the king, are they not all my Lord's servants? Why then doth my Lord require this thing? Why will he be a cause to trespass to Israel? Examine his brothers and sisters. Why will he be a cause of trespass to Israel? Why? Because it, it was known that the Most High did not want us numbering ourselves. So David's commander, Joab, was reluctant to fulfill the king's command, knowing that census violated God's commands. See? Read, brother, verse 4. Verse 4. Nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab. Wherefore, Joab departed and went throughout all Israel and came to Jerusalem and Joab gave the sum of the number of the people unto David, and all they of Israel were a thousand thousand and hundred thousand men that drew sword. And Judah was four hundred threescore and ten thousand men that drew sword. But Levi and Benjamin counted he not among them, for the king's word was abominable to Joab. See, so... Joab left out Benjamin and Levi, didn't count them. Read. And God was displeased with this thing. Therefore, he smote Israel. He did what? He smote Israel. Examine this, brothers and sisters. <laughs> the strength of a nation's military is measured by the number of men accounted for. See? So the Most High never wanted our people to deal with senses. Brothers and sisters, ask yourself, especially back in the day, I don't know if young people know, but they used to send senses in those cards through in the, in the hood, in the ghettos. Well, how many people are in your home? You know, what are their ages? They've always try, been trying to accumulate this reconnaissance of numbers as it pertains to our people so they can know how many of us they, they have to destroy, brothers and sisters. Read verse 7 again, brother. Verse 7. And God was displeased with this thing. Therefore he smote Israel. And David said unto God, I have sinned greatly, because I have done this thing. But now I beseech thee, do away, do away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. See, so David knew that he was sinning, brothers and sisters. David knew that that was wrong. So we needed to magnify this, brothers and sisters. Why do we need to count the number of our men 
when our power is not in the numbers, but in the God that that protects us. See, brothers and sisters, that was the problem right there. You don't need to know how many of Israel there is because your power is not in number, but in God that protects you. See? So here it is again. Satan always dealt wisely with us, brothers and sisters. He always dealt wisely. See? So now the Most High is angry with us. I need you to examine that, brothers and sisters. See, we're showing you the history of the wars against our people and the tactics, the schemes of Satan. I need you to go to um, 2 Samuel 24 and 1, brother, because part of the flood is population control. It's population control. Homosexuality is population control, brothers and sisters. I don't know if you knew that. But if everybody walking is a homosexual, then we're all going to die off. 2 Samuel 24, verse 1. And again, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And he moved David against them to say, Go, number Israel and Judah. For the king said to Joab, the captain of the host, which was with him, Go now through all the tribes of Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, and number ye the people, that I may know the number of the people. I need you to read verse 1 again, brother. Verse 1. And again, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And he moved David against them to say, Go, number Israel. Now examine that. The previous scripture in Chronicles said that it was Satan. Now this scripture is telling you that the Most High moved against David to, to do this, brothers and sisters. And what you must know is that what? That the Most High will use Satan for his own work, for his own plan, brothers and sisters. Satan is frequently described in scripture as doing what the Most High's plan is. He doesn't have control to do what he wants. He can only do what the Most High allow him to do, brothers and sisters. See? Read that again, brother. Second Samuel 24, verse 1. And again, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And he moved David against them to say, Go, number Israel and Judah. See? So he permitted Satan to tempt David. That's what was going on here. So it should be noted that when God has a plan in mind, he will sometimes, excuse me, sometimes allow Satan and his demons to do things that while they do, actually they're working for the most high God. So this was a heinous act, brothers and sisters. This was a heinous act to number the children of Israel in a census. This was against God. This is exactly what Satan wanted. So, brothers and sisters, we went to 2 Samuel 24 because some people will use this as a to say that there's contradictions in the Bible. Because one scripture, it says that Satan antagonized him or coerced him into doing this. And then this scripture says that the Most High moved him to do this. And what you have to know is that Satan can be used for the Most High's purpose. The Most High allowed Lucifer to tempt David. We're going to read that one more time before we go into scriptures proving that. Second Samuel 24 verse 1. And again the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And he moved David against them to say, Go, 
number Israel and Judah. Why is it saying Israel and Judah? Israel is the ten tribes, the the native tribes, the Hispanic tribes. Judah is the is the dark tribes, brothers and sisters. It's the the Haitians. Excuse me, not the Haitians, but yeah, well, the Haitians, but Levi, Benjamin, Judah. When it refers to the Judah, it's referring to those three, uh, three tribes. And when you're talking about Israel, it's talking about the rest, brothers and sisters. Now, we're going to show you, we're going to go through some precepts to show you that the Most High has to allow Satan to, to do his, 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 his work. And he only allows him to do his work as it's part of the Most High's will. The Most High even controls the devil. The devil knows this. We're going to go to Job. Chapter 1, verse 6, to show you that this isn't a contradiction in the Bible. We have to go here, though, because you have people who are naysayers who will try to point this out and say, see, it's a contradiction in the Bible, when it's not. Job 1, verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Now sons of God are angels. How do we know? Because people don't present themselves before the Most High. Read it again, brother. Verse 6, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. To show you that even Lucifer know that he's under the Most High. The Most High said, Where are you coming from? He answered. <laughs> So only the people who are following Lucifer thinking that he's all powerful and almighty, you have been deceived because even he knows <laughs> that he's under the Most High God and he can't do anything that the Most High doesn't allow him to do. We're going to go to 1 Peter 5 and 8 to back that up. Follow us to the New Testament, brothers and sisters. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. 1 Peter 5. Verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adverse adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. See, didn't it just tell us that Satan was walking to and fro in the earth? <laughs> this is what he was doing, walking to and fro in the earth. Read it again, brother. Verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about. Seeking whom he may devour. See, this is why <laughs> we are trying to prepare our people for spiritual warfare. Because the devil is looking for weaknesses. He's looking at all times. He's patient, but he's persistent. Let's go back. Let's go back to Job 1 and 6. To prove to you that Satan have to ask for permission. We just needed to show you what he was doing going to and fro in the earth. Job 1 verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord, and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. What was he doing? He was looking for whom he may devour. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou con considered my servant Job? Has what? Hast thou considered my servant Job? That there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God, and eschewth evil. He's repudiated by evil. He stays away from iniquity. So the Most High said, have you considered Job? Have you considered my servant? 
Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for not? Does he fear God for nothing? Has not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? So you have protection over Job. You've protected his house. You've protected and blessed everything he hath. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. So he's saying he's only worshiping you. He only fear you because you give him everything. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. What did Satan say? But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. To show you that the Most High had the control, brothers and sisters. He's saying, listen, the only way something can transpire is if you allow it, if you do it. I need you to examine that, brothers and sisters. Satan is not crazy. <laughs> he know that he have no power unless the Most High allow it. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 12. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is, is in thy power. Read that again. Verse 12. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power, only upon himself, but not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. So I need you to examine that, brothers and sisters. <laughs> I need you to examine that. The Most High said, everything he have, I'll put it within your power. Only thing you can't do is you can't kill him. You better not kill him. But all the stuff around him, you can do what you want with that. To show you that Satan must ask permission. God must allow, brothers and sisters. So all temptation is permitted by the Most High, but not caused by the Most High. So when evil spirits tempt us, they do so by permission. See? Go back to verse 6, brother. Uh, excuse me. Job 2 and 6. Job 2, verse 6. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thy hand, but save his life. See, so you could do what you want, but you can't kill him. Showing you that the Most High must allow Satan to have any type of control. So when we read in 2 Samuel and in 1 Chronicles, that correlation, it wasn't a contradiction. He allowed Lucifer to tempt David. He allowed it. Let's go to James 2 and 19 in the New Testament. Follow us to the New Testament, brothers and sisters. James 2, verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God, thou dost well. The devil also believed and trembled. See? <laughs> it says, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. But the devils also believe and tremble. So the devils also believe, brothers and sisters, which means it's well to believe that there's only one true God. This <laughs> universal truth, even nature proclaims. Read that again, brother. Verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Right. So I need you to examine that, brothers and sisters. This, is, this verse is perhaps one of the strongest statements in Scripture. This is the difference between knowing about God and trusting in God. See? That's the difference. <laughs> that one fatal flaw of being faith only and no action. They know who the Most High is. And they know His power. 
Yeah, they don't follow them. See? So we need you to examine that, brothers and sisters. We need you to examine that. We're talking about what? We're talking about the flood that Lucifer would send after the woman or after the children of Israel. We're going to go to Matthew 8 and 28. Further proof that the demons even give heed to the Most High God, yet they don't follow him. So you can know that the Bible is real and know his commandments, but if you don't follow it, then what good is that? It's foolish. Matthew 8, verse 28. And when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gergesenes, Gergesenes there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs exceeding exceeding fierce so that no man might pass by that way and behold they cried out saying what have we to do with thee christ thou son of god art thou come hither to torment us before the time <laughs> so they identify with christ these spirits identify with christ and they said listen are you come to destroy us before our time to show you that there's a time that the Most High is allowing Satan to do this work. Read, brother. Verse 30. And there was a good way off from them and heard of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away unto the, the herd of swine. See, he's saying, listen, if you're going to cast me out, you know, don't destroy me. Put me in the swine. Which shows you, brothers and sisters, that they're in subjection to the power of Christ and the Most High, brothers and sisters. See? To show you that even though there's a flood, brothers and sisters, it's all under the control, under the thumb of the Most High God. So come back to that same God that even have power over these demons and devils and serpents. Read that one more time, brother. 31. Yes. Verse 31, so the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said unto them, Go. And when they, they were come out, they went into the herd of swine. And, behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. Why did we go here? We went here to show you that Satan can be used for the Most High's plan, brothers and sisters. Everything that transpires is under the Most High's control. He has to sign off on it. He has to allow it. And even the demons understand that, brothers and sisters. Go to Job 9 and 24, brother. We need to magnify this point. Job 9, verse 24. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. Read that again, brother. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. Given. See? <laughs> given into the hand of the wicked. They can't take anything. The earth was given into the hand of the wicked. Read that again, brother. Verse 24. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. He covereth the faces of the judges thereof. If not, where? And who is he? That's showing you, says, he covers the faces of the judge thereof to show you there's no righteous judgment in the earth, brothers and sisters. Now, the part we wanted to magnify is that the earth is given into the hand of the wicked. Now, in a Luciferian society, there's an alarming amount of idolatry. Why? Because idolatry is part of that flood, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. Idolatry is part of the flood cast out by the serpent. 
Read 24 one more time, brother. Job 9, verse 24. The earth is given under the hand of the wicked. He covereth the faces of the judges thereof. If not, where? What you'll find out, brothers and sisters, is what? Is that idolatry is a form of the flood. And we're dealing in a time with a high level of idolatry. We're going to go to Romans 1 and 25. Let's go to the epistles, brothers and sisters. Romans 1, verse 25. Who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator? Brothers and sisters, there's a there's a real disease called Celebrity Worship Syndrome, or CWS. You can look this up, brothers and sisters. It's an obsessive addictive disorder in which a person becomes overly involved with the details of a celebrity's personal and professional life, brothers and sisters. You can look this up. We pulled that off of um, <clears throat> off the, uh, the website, the WebMD website, brothers and sisters. This is, a, this is an actual disease or syndrome, brothers and sisters, where people are worshiping celebrities. So mainstream media, brothers and sisters, has increased the circulation of celebrity-driven publications that have led to what? Idolatry, brothers and sisters. I had one sister said, uh, I heard her say, uh, Beyonce, give me life. I'm like, what? What? Beyonce, give you life? What type of idolatry? What? I mean, what? <laughs> what type of world are we living in, brothers and sisters? When somebody who sings songs is being worshipped as the creator. Go to uh, John 6 and 33, brother. This sister said, and I'm sure people have heard it out there. Young people have heard it. They're probably online and different stuff. This is how these people feel about, you know. <laughs> this is how these people feel about these celebrities. John 6 verse 33. For the bread of God is which cometh down from heaven. And giveth life unto the world. See, so, no. Christ give life. <laughs> through the power of the Most High God. Anybody talking about Jay-Z give me life. Or Beyonce give me life. Or whoever these people are. It's showing you that they've been taken in the flood. They've been taken in the flood. Lucifer always mimics the Most High's war tactics. The Most High had a biblical flood during the time of Noah. Lucifer have a flood because he's mimicking the Most High. That's all he does. He's not an originator. He's a mimicker, brothers and sisters, who have no power on his own. We're going to show you that this, why people are worshiping celebrities, brothers and sisters. Did you ever notice that when you become a celebrity, or have a high level of success, they call you a star, brothers and sisters. Why? What does that have to do with anything? Why are they calling you a star? Let's find out what the Bible has to say. Go to Job, brother, 38 and 7. Why are celebrities called stars? Job 38, verse 7. When the morning stars sang together. Read that again. When the morning stars sang together. And all the sons of God shouted for joy. Brothers and sisters, the angels are stars. Because we know stars don't sing. The angels are called stars. 
So examine that, brothers and sisters. There's a hunger in America to idolize. Speaking of idolize, anybody ever think about that show? Remember that show, uh, American Idol? (laughs) See? We have a society set up on idolatry, brothers and sisters. American Idol. This is why they're calling this is why they're calling celebrities stars. See? Because these angels were worshipped at one time. They're treating them like they're gods, lowercase g's. You ever heard that song, Wishing on a Star? See? What is that talking about? Fallen angels. Stars. Fallen stars. To prove that, go to Revelations 12 and 9. We're showing you, brothers and sisters, the flood. Revelation 12, verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And what? And his angels were cast out with him. We know that angels are called stars based on what we just read, brothers and sisters. They were cast out from heaven. That's a fallen star. See, that's where you get the wishing on a star. When you see a fallen star, wish on it. It's demonic, brothers and sisters. It's demonic. You're worshiping angels. It's involuntary worship of angels, brothers and sisters. See? Further proof that Angels are stars because, you know, people may say, well, no, that, that's really not true. You, you're thinking too deep. Am I? Or is this society pagan at its core? Let's go to Revelations 1 in 20, brother, to prove to you that stars are angels. Revelations 1 verse 20. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my in my right hand. Read that again, brother. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. What? The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. The seven stars are what? The seven stars are the seven are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Examine that, brothers and sisters. The seven stars are the angels. Of the seven churches. So celebrities tend to have an influence over the way we dress. Right? The way we act. Right, brothers and sisters? See? So should we be influenced to the point that we would want to look like the people we look up to? Brothers and sisters? We must make sure that our worship is for God and not for humans. Brothers and sisters. Because humans are not perfect. And they will always fall short. Brothers and sisters. The most high. Perfect. Perfect. And in full control. So we needed to show you this. The Most High never fails. While we're calling people stars. Not even understanding. The the historical context. Of calling these people stars. These celebrity stars. Because we're dealing with angel worship. You're worshiping these people. Because they make. They know how to play a guitar. This is the flood. Brothers and sisters. America in specific. Have an infatuation with celebrities, where they have these, you know, these these magazines where it goes into their relationships and what they ate, where they go on vacation. They're promoting this, brothers and sisters. They're promoting this. This is part of the flood. Now, 
still dealing with the flood, what you'll learn is also in conjunction with the idolatry, you have imprisonment. Imprisonment is a Luciferian ideology constructed by Satan as a form of psychological persecution, brothers and sisters. We're going to prove that. Satan would use prisons as the part of the flood. Let's go to Revelations 2 and 9. Revelations 2, verse 9. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. I know the bold-faced lie of those who claim to be Jews and are not, the ones who worship in the synagogues. What are they worshiping in the synagogues? Satan. So this scripture is telling you that those who are on a mass level claiming to be Jews are not Jews. They're the synagogue of Satan. The Negroes are the Jews. Read the next scripture because this is the key. Verse 10. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Read that again. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison. What? He shall do what? The devil shall cast some of you into prison. Examine this. Prison, brothers and sisters. Imprisonment. Oppressive law is formed <clears throat> as a part of the flood, brothers and sisters. That ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. And thou faithful on a death. And be thou faithful. And be thou faithful on a death. And I will give thee a crown of life. So we needed you to sh we needed to show that who's responsible for the prison complex, the privately owned prisons, the same people who are claiming to be Jews, brothers and sisters. So the Jewish people would be responsible for throwing us into prisons by making what oppressive laws. So because we have lived with the prison system for so long, we are perhaps prone to simply accept that what. <laughs> That it is a, a necessary evil. Some people say, well, we need prisons. Some people will say that. When the Bible actually give you instruction on what to do if somebody break a law. What you'll find out is that prison is satanic, brothers and sisters. It's satanic. There's punishment or there's judgment without somebody having to be locked in a two-by-two -two cell for 24 hours a day. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and what? I will give thee a crown of life. Examine this, brothers and sisters. We needed to show you that they would start to throw us in prison. Who's filling up the prisons, brothers and sisters? Majority of the people, over 70%, are Hispanic in Negro descent. See? This is part of the flood, brothers and sisters. They would come up with oppressive laws just to get us into prison. How do we know the law is oppressive? Go to Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 11. Because the Bible will tell you that the enemy would use the law as part of his flood. Wisdom of Solomon 2, verse 11. Let us read verse 10, actually. Verse 10. Let us oppress the poor righteous man. Let us not spare the widow, nor reverence the ancient gray hairs of the age. Let us oppress the poor righteous man. Read the next scripture. Let our strength be the law of justice. Let what? Let the strength. Let our strength be the job. Be the law of justice. Read that again, brother. Let our strength be the law of justice. Let our strength 
be the law of justice. See, our strength would be us creating these laws so we can throw them in prison. So they would use oppressive laws for poor people, brothers and sisters, to throw us into prison and say, well, there's the law. Read it again, brother, from the top. Wisdom of Solomon 2, verse 10. Let us oppress the poor righteous man. Let us not spare the widow, nor reverence the ancient gray hairs of the aged. Let our strength be the law of justice, for that which is feeble is found to be nothing worth. So we needed to show you that they would use the law to throw us in prison, brothers and sisters. They would look to oppress the poor righteous man. Who more poor than Negroes, Natives, and Hispanics? They would use the law. That would be their strength, brothers and sisters. They would use their strength. The strength is what? In the law. See? Anything you do wrong, I'm going to throw you in prison. We're going to show you. They tried the same thing with Christ. We're going to go to Matthew 17 and 24. Let's go to the gospel, brothers and sisters. Matthew 17 and 24. Matthew 17, verse 24. And when they were come to Capernaum, Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Does not your master pay tribute? He said, Yes. And when he was come into the house, Christ prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or, or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? This is speaking of taxes, brothers and sisters. So you had Pharisees, <clears throat> you had people who would come, who came to Peter and said, Does your master pay taxes or tribute? He said, Yes. So examine this. Then Christ said, What? Read 25 again? Verse 25. He said, Yes. And when he was coming to the house, Christ prevented him, saying, what thinkest thou, Simon, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute, of their own children or of strangers? Examines. Who do they tax? How do you, who do they tax? Who do people tax? Read. Peter said unto him, of strangers. Christ said unto him, then are the children free? Examine that. If you pay taxes that show you you're not free, you're in bondage. That's a form of bondage, brothers and sisters. Look at that. That's a form of bondage. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 27. Notwithstanding, least we should offend them. Go, go thou to the sea, and cast an hook, and take up the fish thou first cometh up. And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. That take, and give unto them for me and thee. See, so examine this. They wanted Christ to pay taxes, brothers and sisters. Christ said, listen, go out into the waters Find a fish, open his mouth, <laughs> take that money, <laughs> take that money to Caesar. Because he wasn't going to show before, you know, the Israelites, you know, that this was right. I'm not going to build up the kingdom I actually came to take away. He didn't give it out of his own personal treasury. He said, go open up that fish's mouth and take that money to Caesar. See, these are the laws, brothers and sisters. When it says, we shall oppress the poor righteous man. See? They would look to throw us in prison. So we're showing you the tactics, the schemes of Satan. The same thing they try to use with Christ. Let our strength be the law of justice. See, brothers and sisters? Go to Matthew 22 and 15, brother. 
Still dealing with these taxes here. Matthew 22, verse 15. Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his, in his talk. Verse 16. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true, and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. So examine this. You have Pharisees, brothers and sisters, who laid up plans to do what? To catch Christ up in his talk, in his words, brothers and sisters. So they sent their disciples along with the Herodians. Who are the Herodians? Edomites. And they wanted to catch Christ up. Look at what they said. They said, we know you don't care for any man, what any man has to say. <laughs> Read that again, brother, verse 16. Verse 16. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true, and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. See, so now they're trying to play on his, you know, trying to stroke his ego. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute on a Caesar or not? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Christ perceived their wickedness. Now examine this. Knowing their evil intent, Christ responded with a clever response, brothers and sisters. And said, Why tempt, why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. And they brought on him a penny. And he said unto them, Who is this image and superscription? Who is this image and superscription? They say unto him, Caesar's. So he said, whose face is on the money? They say unto him, Caesar's. Then, then he honored them. Then said, verse 21. They say unto him, Caesar's. Then said he unto them, render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. Now I need you to examine something here, brothers and sisters. They asked this question, which could have been a conundrum for Christ at this time. Because if he would have said... You know, yeah, we should pay taxes. It could have been perceived that he was in collusion with Rome, justifying the Roman occupation and oppression of the Jews. See, so that would have not been a popular answer. So he was clever, brothers and sisters. And that's why I say, brothers and sisters, be clever when you're dealing with people and the law, because they will try to get you caught up, brothers and sisters. So that if he would have said that, yeah, well, we should pay taxes. That would not have been popular amongst the Jews. Now, on the other hand, if Christ answers no, he could be suspected of revolutionary sentiment against Rome. So he was in a lose-lose there, brothers and sisters. So they came in order to trap Christ by providing him with a lose-lose situation. But read the next scripture, brother. Read 21 one more time. Verse 21. They say unto him, Caesar's. Then said he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. When they had heard these words, they marveled, and left him, and went their way. See, Christ was, he was a smooth brother. <clears throat> he was a smooth brother. They was trying to, you know, they needed to have something on him so they could persecute him, brothers and sisters. So they, they placed this before him. We're just showing you how they used the law as oppressor. First, they smoothed their way by speaking of Christ's integrity and commitment to the truth, his equity, 
and lack of concern for opinions of others. Then they put that snare right there because if he would have answered it either way, any other way outside of how he answered that, they could have used that as his, at his trial to destroy him, brothers and sisters. That's what they were trying to gain. They were trying to gain information that they could take to the Sanhedrin so they can make a decision to destroy Christ, brothers and sisters. So we're showing you that they use the law. They use their their medicine and attacking the kids. They use the law, brothers and sisters. They use wise counsel or or crafty tactics like having us censor, uh, census ourselves by counting us, counting each other, letting them know how many of us they have to destroy. See, they were looking to imprison Christ. Now we're going to show you there is no reason in which a person should be thrown in jail, brothers and sisters. If a, per if a person in the Bible murdered somebody, he was murdered. He was killed. <laughs> okay? So if somebody stole, they didn't go to jail if they stole something. We're going to show you how it was handled if somebody somebody was a thief. To show you, there's no reason for prison. Prison is of the devil. We're going to go to Exodus 22, brothers and sisters. and uh, We're going to read verse 1. Exodus 22 and 1. Exodus 22, verse 1. If a man shall steal an ox. Now these are property laws. Or a sheep. And kill it. Or sell it. He shall restore five oxen for an ox. Read that part again. If a man steal an ox. Or a sheep. And kill it. Or sell it. He shall restore five oxen for an ox. And four sheep for a sheep. See, so examine that. If you stole something, you had to pay five times, four times, up to five times back what you stole. So if you steal something from a brother, you got to go back to that brother and say, listen, brother, I apologize. I'm sorry. The most I told me to give you back what I stole plus this. <laughs> See? So examine that, brothers and sisters. Under biblical law, the thief was not thrown into prison to spend his time in an unproductive idleness. Instead, he was forced to compensate the victim of the crime for the trouble incurred. See? <laughs> Think about that. If a brother had to pay back five times what he stole, there'd be less stealing, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother. Exodus 22, verse 1. If a man shall steal an ox or a sheep and kill it or sell it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. I need you to examine this, brothers and sisters. <laughs> this procedure very effectively punished the victimizer, and it also compensated the victim, brothers and sisters. So not only was it this, not only was this person able to remain a productive member of society, <laughs> it also was chastisement connected to this. <laughs> Read verse four, brother. Verse four. If the theft be certainly found in his hand alive, whether it be an ox or an ass or a sheep. So if he if he if he stole something and didn't sell it, he still had it within his possession. He shall restore double. He shall do what? He shall restore double. Examine this, brothers and sisters. The penalty could be anywhere from five hundred percent to two hundred percent. He must both satisfy for the wrong and the suffer of the crime, brothers and sisters. We need you to see that. Legal restitution is at minimal double the value of what was taken. See? So there was no jail. <laughs> jail is of the devil. You had Edomites who were perpetuating this the same way they're doing today, brothers and sisters. So why did we go here? 
We went here to show there's a clear contrast between the beauty of the biblical system and our present day foolishness, brothers and sisters. This show you that Israelites or Hebrews took the existence of a sophisticated legal system for granted. Because now look, <laughs> now look, thrown in prison to spend the rest of your life there. This is part of the flood, brothers and sisters. Because why? He put a foolish nation over us. Go to Deuteronomy 32 and 21. We're getting ready to wrap it up here. Deuteronomy 32, verse 21. They have moved me into jealousy with that which is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities. And I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. He would put a foolish nation over us, brothers and sisters. See? Because why? We move the most high to jealousy. See, brothers and sisters? We provoked him to anger. We took him for granted. And now look. We have a foolish nation over us, brothers and sisters, that will throw you in prison, which doesn't does you no good. If you steal something from somebody and the person go to prison, how do how does that help me out? Other than you going to prison, can I get my you know, can I get my property back? We just wanted to show you that the Bible is very detailed for all sorts of incidents. Prison is of the devil, brothers and sisters. That's part of the flood. So they would make oppressive laws like taxes. And if you don't follow that, we're gonna throw you in prison. <laughs> See? We're showing you the tactics of the enemy, brothers and sisters, the schemes of the enemy. We're going to go to Jeremiah 31 and 37 to show you another one of their tactics. The Most High said he would never cast Israel away unless something happened. There's only one thing that could cause the Most High God to cast the children of Israel away. Jeremiah 31, verse 37. Thus said the Lord, If heaven above can be measured. Read that again. If heaven above can be measured, and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cast off all the seed of Israel for all that they have done, said the Lord. If they couldn't measure the heavens, brothers and sisters, or they can go into the depths of the sea, that he would cast off the children of Israel. See? Now you're starting to see, brothers and sisters, see how crafty they are? That's why they're going up into the heavenly realm, brothers and sisters. That's why they're trying to go down to the deep parts of the sea. Because they understand that the Most High said, the only way I'll cast Israel away is if you, if somebody measure the heights of the heavens or able to go down to the very bottom of the depths of the sea, brothers and sisters. See, they're very crafty. Satan is crafty. He's patient and he's prudent. All war is not physical combat, brothers and sisters. And you're starting to see that here. See? Satan is cunning. The serpent is cunning, brothers and sisters. While you're waiting for physical engagement, he's doing all of this other stuff right under your nose. Physical engagement is in the end. That's in the end. Read that again, brother. Jeremiah 31. Verse 37, thus said the Lord, if heaven above can be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cast off all, 
cast off all the seed of Israel for all they have done. Now, brothers and sisters, it says all the seed of Israel. He will not destroy us utterly, brothers and sisters. Now, he may cast some of the Israelites away, but as a race entirely, we will not be wasted, brothers and sisters. We can prove that. The Most High will not allow them to do this, brothers and sisters. We're going to prove that. We're going to Isaiah 10 and 22. Isaiah 10, verse 22. For though thy people Israel be as the sand of the sea, yet a remnant of them shall return. Yet what? Yet a remnant of them shall return. Brothers and sisters, examine that word remnant. <laughs> there will still be a piece of us that shall return. Read that from the top, brother. Verse 22. For though thy people, for though thy people Israel be as the sand of the sea, yet a remnant of them shall return. The consumption decreed shall overflow with righteousness. Now, brothers and sisters, the word remnant has, however, its aspects of severity as well as promise. Men are not to expect that they, being hypocrites and evildoers, shall make it, brothers and sisters, or shall escape their punishment, brothers and sisters. That's why he's showing that a remnant of Israel shall return. Everybody's not going to make it. The promise of restoration is for a remnant of only brothers and sisters <laughs> because I know some Israelites who say well all Israel is going to make it we can do as much dirt as we want we can say the white man's the devil we can have 25 wives and we're still going to make it into the to the land read that again brother verse 22 for though thy people Israel be as the sand of the sea yet a remnant of them shall return the consumption decreed shall overflow with righteousness. See, so brothers and sisters, the Most High is going to have a visitation upon the, upon the Israelites and there'll be severe justice. And we can't expect more than a remnant to survive the awful visitation because many of us are wicked. Many of us are wicked, but we wanted to show you that it's, the previous scripture told you if you are able to measure the heights of the heavens or the depths of the sea, that he would do away with Israel. And then this scripture tells you that a remnant shall return. So they'll never be able to measure the height of the heavens or the depths of the sea. The Most High will not allow it. Go to Jeremiah 30 and 11. We got about three more scriptures we're going to close out. Jeremiah. 30 verse 11 For I am with thee said the Lord to save thee though I make a full end of all nations whether I have scattered thee yet will I not make a full end of thee See he will put an end to a lot of these wicked nations brothers and sisters but we shall be held in tranquility read that again verse 11 For I am with thee said the Lord to save thee Though I make a full end of all nations, whether I have scattered thee, yet I will not make a, a full end of thee. But I will correct thee in measure, and will not leave thee altogether unpunished. Examine that, brothers and sisters. A happy end should be put to these calamities. Through the afflictions of Israel, of our people, may last long, they shall not last always, brothers and sisters. This is what the Most High is telling you. We shall be restored again. If we obey... And hearken, listen to the Messiah, the Hamashiach, the son of David, our king. We can be restored, brothers and sisters. We will be sustained, brothers and sisters. 
See? But those other nations that have looked to destroy us from the beginning, there will be judgment if they don't get right. If they don't put down that wickedness and their fervent hatred for our people, they're going to be destroyed, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Luke 1 and 71 to show you some of our people will make it through this flood. Luke 1, verse 71, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the land of all that hate us. And from the hand of all that hate us. Read that one more time, brother. Luke 1, verse 71, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. We shall be saved, brothers and sisters. Read. To perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore. She swear to our father Abraham. What oath was that? That our people <laughs> would possess the other nations, brothers and sisters. We would be the preeminent nation of the earth. All economics, all trade would go through who? The children of Israel. See? So a lot of us are going to be destroyed in this, in this flood, brothers and sisters. But there will be a remnant. There will be a remnant of the righteous, brothers and sisters. See? Why did we put this? Why did we bring these scriptures out, brothers and sisters? We brought these scriptures out to show our people that we're at war, but it's not physical combat yet. See, we must open our eyes, brothers and sisters. We must become aware. We must become sober-minded because Satan roams the earth looking for whom he may devour, brothers and sisters. We're under attack. Since biblical times, we're going to go to Psalms 93 and 3. We're going to wrap it up here. We're going to read 3 and 4, Brother Joshua. Psalms 93, verse 3. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voices. Read that again, Brother. Verse 3. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. Examine this, brothers and sisters. The most highest enemies among the pagan Gentile nations are often described in the Old Testament as floods, brothers and sisters. This is, this is what Satan would send at us, floods. And with those floods of people come ideologies, religions, wicked ways, unclean foods, wicked customs, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother. Verse 3. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. Examine this. The floods here means the world powers, brothers and sisters. God's enemies, brothers and sisters. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters. Yeah, than the mighty waves of the sea. See? So examine this, brothers and sisters. You'll have floods of people with great strength making a great noise and threatening with ruin and destruction. Yet, read verse 4 again. Verse 4. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters. Yeah, than the mighty waves of the sea. See, so armies of enemies, brothers and sisters, have attempted to overthrow us and destroy us. But the Most High soon will quell and squash them. See? You stay under the protection of the Most High God. 
You follow his law, statutes, and commandments, and you will not be overtaken in this flood, brothers and sisters. The flood is going to take away the wicked. It's too much calamity. It's too many tactics of Satan, brothers and sisters, to be just out there in the world with no instruction and no direction and think you're going to make it. The Bible keep you safe from this flood, brothers and sisters. The Most High God keep you safe from this flood, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Psalms 29 and 10. Psalms 29 verse 10. The Lord sitteth upon the flood. Yeah, the Lord sitteth king forever. Read that again, brother. The Lord sitteth upon the flood. Yeah, the Lord sitteth king forever. It says he moderates and rules the most abundant and violent effusions of the waters, brothers and sisters. He sitteth upon the flood. <laughs> Examine that, brothers and sisters. He presides over that which produces trepidation. <laughs> See? We're not scared. Read that again, brother. Verse 10. The Lord sitteth upon the flood. Yeah, the Lord sitteth king forever. The Lord will give strength unto his people. He shall do what? The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. See? So he sits upon the floods of ungodly men and stops their rage, their fury. And suffers them not to proceed to overwhelm his people, brothers and sisters. This is showing divine power, brothers and sisters. This is showing you divine power. The Most High sitteth upon the flood. They are beneath him, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Psalms 144 and 7. Same book, brothers and sisters. Just a few chapters over. Psalms 144, verse 7. Send thy hand from above. Do what? Send thy hand from above. From the high heavens display thy power in deliverance and in the destruction of our enemies. Rid me and deliver me out of great waters. Do what? Rid me and deliver me out of great waters. Out of great afflictions. <laughs> right? See? Deliver us from great afflictions, which for the quantity and quality are like many waters, overflowing and overwhelming. Brothers and sisters. From the hand of strange children. From what? From the hand of strange children. This is wicked men, brothers and sisters. Speaking of chiefly the Gentiles. Strange children. This is who it is. Read that one more time, brother, from the top. Psalms 144, verse 7. Send thy hand from above. Rid me and deliver me out of great waters. From the hand of strange children. Whose mouth spake vanity. And their right hand is a right hand of falsehood. So we wanted to show what, brothers and sisters? That even though Satan is sending a flood, that the Most High ultimately will put a hedge around those and keep them in perfect peace who do what? Who keep him first, who seek his commandments and do what? Stay under the hedge by being obedient, brothers and sisters. There's so much aimed towards us. There's a flood, which means... It's so much that you'll just give up. That's what Satan wants, brothers and sisters. He wants to send so much that you just give up and drown. You're tired of fighting. See? When you become tired of fighting or tired of swimming, you do what? You sink. You drown. See? This is what Satan knows. So he's going to send a plethora of different attacks to tire you out. 
to where you just you just you allow him to subdue you. We're gonna go to Psalms thirty-two and six. We're wrapping up here, brothers and sisters. Psalms chapter thirty-two, verse six. Psalms thirty-two, verse six. For they shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh on on a hymn. Examine this, brothers and sisters. This is we ought to pray <laughs> to be sustained through this flood, this spiritual onslaught of iniquity, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, Joshua. Psalms thirty two verse six. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. So examine that. The flood shall come. The waves shall rage, brothers and sisters. But the, the, the righteous men and women shall be in a safe distance, secure from every ill. See? Stay in prayer. Stay in obedience, brothers and sisters. <laughs> this reference here is doubtless to the floods that will come, brothers and sisters, upon the ungodly, upon a wicked world. Many will be taken in these floods, brothers and sisters. Many shall be taken in these floods. Why? They're not following the instruction of the Most High God. They don't have the protection of the Most High God. You're going to get tossed to and fro. We're going to go to Psalms 124, brothers and sisters. Please follow us here. We're almost done. Psalms 124, we're going to read 1 through 5. Psalms 124, verse 1. If it had not been the Lord who was on your side. Now, now read that again, brother, please. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, see, then they had swallowed up as swallowed up. Then, verse 3, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Examine that, brothers and sisters. When it says swallowed us up quick or alive, that's a common expression for sudden and complete destruction. Verse 4, then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream of corruptions, the flood of temptation, the flow of persecutions, brothers and sisters. Such as the dragon cast out of his mouth after the woman. Read that again, brother. Verse 4. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Then the what? Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. See, so examine that. The proud. <laughs> they were proud of what? Affecting our destruction. See, brothers and sisters? The only way to be sustained through this flood is what? Coming under the hedge of the Most High God, brothers and sisters. Coming under the hedge of the Most High God. We're going to go to one more scripture and we're going to close out. We're going to go to Isaiah 59 and 19. Isaiah 59 verse 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood. When what? When the enemy shall come in like a flood. The Spirit of the Lord shall lift up and standard against him. Examine that, brothers and sisters. The whole world shall fear and worship the Most High God. 
and make his name renowned, laying aside their idolatries, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, verse 19, brother. Isaiah 59, verse 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west, and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. See, so examine that. When the adversity from the adversary comes rushing in, brothers and sisters, a humbling is going to take place. <laughs> Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 20. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, said the Lord. A Redeemer shall come to Zion. Who's Zion? Children of Israel. And, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob. See, that's the key, brothers and sisters. We must turn away from the transgression. So, uh, brothers and sisters, the enemy doesn't need to come in like a flood when people are not honoring and serving the Most High God. They're already accomplishing his will. <laughs> You're going to drown yourself. <laughs> Today's lesson was what? The Luciferian flood, brothers and sisters. Where we went into a plethora of different tactics. All throughout biblical texts. Of different attacks that Satan will use. The cleverness. The craftiness. The patience and persistence. That Satan uses in order to destroy these people who are supposed to be the recipients of Abraham's promise. Brothers and sisters, there's a flood out there. The only wrath there is, is the Most High God. We want to say, Kwame Asherala. Kwame Asherala. Sin no more. Sin no more.